So, uh, so this month here at Clay Church, we are searching the Bible for answers to our questions about prayer. While I was preparing for today, I came across some, some prayers that I, uh, I just thought these would be worth sharing as we got started. These are, these are prayers from real prayers, from, from real kids. You want to hear a few of these? Jesus, please forgive me for hiding my sister's doll, and please don't tell her where it is. How about this one? I really like this one. Dear God, my Sunday school teachers say you have a reason for everything you created. I would really like to know the reason you created broccoli. That was my prayer when I was a kid. Dear God, I hope my dog is in heaven with you, and I'm sorry if he chews on your slippers too. Dear God, if you will keep it from raining on my baseball game on Saturday, I will dedicate my first hit of the day to you. <laughs> Dear God, I need you to make my mom not allergic to cats. I really want a cat, and I don't want my mom to have to leave if I get one. <laughs> How about this one? Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones... Why don't you just keep the ones you have? <laughs> and one of my all-time favorites. Dear God, thank you so much for my baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. <laughs> I think about these prayers, right, and, and kids praying, and not one of us, if you think about this, like, not one of us would after hear that prayer, even if it makes us giggle, not one of us would go up and be like, that wasn't a good prayer. That's not how we should, should pray, right? We wouldn't do that. Which leads me to ask, why do we do that to ourselves sometimes? Why do we think we're not good enough prayers or we have to have the right word? Like, why do we judge our own prayers if we know that it's so important we don't judge the prayers of our kids? We, we encourage them to keep praying, right? And we might guide their prayers going forward. We might help them understand what what, what we find in prayer and why we pray the ways we do, but, but we don't judge their prayers. Why do we judge our own? What happens to us as we grow older? We become afraid of, of how we do it and doing it right. right? I, I don't know if you've experienced this. I, I believe there's a hierarchy of prayer in the church. You get together a, a group of people to, to study the Bible or do something together, and it comes time to pray, and what do they do? They all look to the person who is like the Bible study leader or the person who they know has the deepest faith, and they're like, we, they all look at them, and, and then they're supposed to pray, right? Because they're the expert. They, they know the right words. And then you get that group of leaders together with the pastor, and you're sitting around a table, and it's time to pray. Do you know what they all do? They look at the pastor and be like, you're praying, right? Because our prayers, they don't, they don't compare. You've got a direct line to God. Not true, by the way. Not, in, not any different than you, but right? So, and then, just so you know, it keeps going. You put a group of pastors together at a table or in a gathering with the bishop. And, uh, and when we're sitting there and it's time to pray, we all look at the bishop because the bishop has the right words for prayer. And then the bishop calls on one of us because he's figured this game out. That's why he's a bishop or she's a bishop, calls on one of us, and then we're nervous, because what if we pray wrong in front of the bishop? What is it? Why do we worry? We're going to talk about that today, about, about how we should pray. 
how do I pray? And as I said last week, we always pray before the message, but it seems particularly pertinent this month. Let's pray. God of grace and of wisdom, in these moments today as we explore your word, God, just widen our vision to see what you see and open our our minds to better understand your word and your way. I just break open our hearts and fill them to to overflowing that we might grasp and share the fullness of, of your love and your grace. Amen. So there's, there's going to be a picture on the screen. Uh, raise your hand if you know what this is. Right? It's, uh, it's rabbit ears for a, for a television. Raise your hand if you have ever used these. There are a few people under the age of 30 who are like, what? What, what are those? Like, wh- why would you have those? Right? For uh, most of us understand, the handful of people in here who, who may not, what, what you did is you plugged it into the cable part of your TV, and then you, you moved them until you got the TV station. It'd be kind of fuzzy, and then you'd, you'd move them a little more. You, you'd, you might rotate it, and, and you might even find that you've got to hold on to it um, and just sit there and watch TV and hold it, because that's the only way to get the signal strong enough to watch the show that you wanted to watch. Right? For those of you who live in a world of streaming and that, that wall thing, line that comes out of your wall and you just plug it into the back of the TV and you have a hundred channels, I know it's hard to understand this, but, but we had to work hard for like two stations where I grew up as a kid. You had to get that antenna just right to fully get the signal. I got to tell you, I really wanted to bring some in and play with them in front of you this morning, and it, I realized I'd thrown mine out. <laughs> They're not in my basement anymore. Now, you may be asking, what on earth do rabbit ears have to do with prayer? Well, I want to invite us this morning just to think for a moment, what if we thought about our prayer life like rabbit ears, tuning us in to God's station for our lives? Right? We have all these different settings that we can try to use. Breath prayers and, and, and silence and group prayers and praying for people and written prayers. So many different ways of, of praying. What, what if we thought of those as the ways that, that we can use to tune ourselves into what, what God has in store for us in our lives? And so then the question, how do I pray? We, we begin to ask, so how, do, how, do, how do I tune in to God's love? God's perfect will in my life. Well, the Psalms are an incredible and rich source for thinking about how we can pray. I'll often tell people if they're, they're asking, what, I, don't, I don't know the words, I don't know where to start. I'm like, you know, just open up the book of Psalms and, and begin reading because you'll, you'll find all kinds of prayers in the Psalms. Today, we're going to take just a brief look at at Psalm 63 as one example. If you want to open your Bibles and and follow along, Psalm 63, you're going to find it on screen as well. This is the first eight verses. You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. 
Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night, because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. How should we pray? What what does prayer look like? Psalm 63 gives us all of these different images, all of these different ways to pray. I encourage you to to go home today and just open Psalm 63 and and read through it. And what you're going to see there is, is seek God, thirst for God, long for God, see or look for God, behold God, glorify God, praise God, lift your hands Be satisfied with what God has provided. Sing to God. Remember what God has done. Think of God. Set your mind on God. Cling to God. Just filled with images of ways that we can be in prayer. Pray with your whole being, the psalm says. Pray in the midst of your deepest need, your hunger and your thirst. Pray in the sanctuary. Pray when you feel loved. Pray while you eat. Pray in song, lifting voices together. Pray when you go to bed at night. Pray through the night when you wake up and your mind is racing. Pray as though your desire is to to cling to God. There's this great word in Hebrew that's sometimes used in conjunction with prayer. Once or twice it actually even gets translated as prayer. Um, In fact, this word is a part of Hebrew prayer life. It's a piece of the the ongoing prayers of of our, our Jewish brothers and sisters. And the word is avodah. Avoda. Can you say that with me? Avoda. Let's say it together. Avoda. You can take that word and impress your friends. Hey, I, I know a Hebrew word today. Forms of, a, forms of this word appear over a thousand times in the Old Testament. So it is a word that appears again and again and again. And the interesting thing is, in English, when it gets translated, um, we have really three different words that we use to translate it. Sometimes, when it's found, we translate it as, as work, like the work that we do. I think vocation. Sometimes we translate it as service, like service to God. And sometimes it gets translated as worship. And the thing about this word avada is that um, it, there isn't a great way to translate it in English because it pulls those three things all together. It's one of those things we, we sometimes miss when we translate or try to translate into, into English. We miss the, the richness of some of the words. Avada literally means bringing service and work and worship all together in our lives. They are not three distinct things. 
I go to worship on Sunday. I um, serve sometimes, like once a week I'll go and serve, and, and then I have work that I do the rest of the week. The word avadah says those are not three separate things. They are all part, woven together in the fabric of our lives. And what weaves them together is prayer. Let me give you two examples of where this, this word appears. I'll give you an idea. Uh, the first one is in Exodus 8.1. We were looking at Exodus last month. And it says this, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may worship avodah me right moses is asking pharaoh for the people to go so that they can avodah weave together their work their spiritual all of their lives for god or how about this one this is from joshua 24 15 a a, a scripture a lot of people in the church know um, which is but as for me and my household we will serve Avadah the Lord. Joshua is saying, as, as for me and, and my household, we will weave together our entire lives, our work, our service, our worship, we'll weave them together for God. Right? This one Hebrew word helps us understand what prayer does. How should we pray? We should pray in a way that, that weaves together. It doesn't, doesn't let us continue to think, well, I work, but, but God's not really in my work, and I serve because that's what God calls me to do, and then I worship and I put myself in God's presence on Sunday morning. No, it asks us to weave all those together and realize that, that when I'm working, if I'll work in a way that, that is sharing God's will into, into my workplace and my, my community, then, then avadah, it's all woven together. And if I'll serve and understand that this isn't just something God calls me to do, God is in this. God is working in and through me. Abadah, it pulls my work and my service and my worship all together. Prayer is what pulls it all together. It pulls our lives together into God's presence and God's will. Which means that one of the simplest answers to the question of how should I pray is this. Pray in whatever way pulls your life, your work, your play, your, your family, your service, your waking and your sleeping. Pray in a way that pulls it all into God's presence in, in any given moment. Rule number one of prayer, just keep praying. Just keep praying. Pray without ceasing. It tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, continue steadfastly in prayer, Colossians 4.2, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, Ephesians 6.8, just keep praying. And then this question pastors get asked a lot, but what do I do? What do I say? Okay, I get it. I should keep praying without ceasing, but does that mean like I have to have a running commentary in my head with God? Do I, need to, do I need to keep talking? And here, the Bible gives us some good news. What matters in prayer is less about the right words or the right posture and more about the attention that you give to your relationship with God. Think about how you grow in, your, in a relationship with a really good friend. If you want to grow in a friendship, what do you do? Well, sometimes you share your heart. 
share honestly what's going on in your life. And sometimes you just sit with that friend and you listen. And sometimes you ask that friend for advice, and then you sit and you, you listen to the ad- advice, and sometimes you just sit in silence because you both just need a break from the world, but it's, it's enriching to be in fellowship with one another, and so you sit in silence. If you're separated from that friend for a little while, you, maybe you write them a letter, maybe you get a letter back from, from them. Right? All of these are ways to pray. All of these are ways to deepen our relationship with God. I have a list in my notes of all these different ways to pray, and I thought, well, we'll talk about all the different ways to pray. Um, And I'm going to cover some of these, but there's so many different ways to deepen our relationship with God. I couldn't begin to cover them all this morning, nor do you want to stay here through lunch. Right? They're breath prayers. Anybody here practice breath prayers? Breath prayers are a, are a prayer where you just at any point in the day can take a, take a deep breath and while you're breathing, just pray in and out. In, Jesus Christ my Savior, out. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus Christ my Savior, have mercy on me, a sinner. You just keep repeating that prayer and center yourself in any given moment in Christ's love. Another version, be still and know that I am God. It's repeating that word from the psalm, be still and know that I am God. A prayer that in our very breathing anchors us in the presence of Christ. Intercessory prayers. I prayers for others. That's what intercessory means. It means, means praying for others. This, this, this opportunity when, when things seem broken around us or when our hearts break for somebody or when the world seems broken to just, just pause and pray. Pray God's presence. Pray to think about what, what God is calling us to do, how God might be calling us to respond. Praying the scriptures. I have a friend, I, I probably have shared this before, one of his richest prayer practices, and I, I tried it, I, I will do it occasionally, but, but it, it wasn't something that fed me normally, but, but it was so rich in his life. He would, every day, he had this habit, he would just open up the Bible and read until God spoke to him. Just read until God spoke to him. Just randomly open a page and, and start reading there. And I was like, what happens when you, like, when you open up to Song of Songs? Like, do you, do you, and he's like, you know, God speaks through all of it. Journaling. Some of you are, are journalers. Just keeping a book by the bedside and, and writing a prayer to God every night or, or every, every morning can connect us. The practice of silence. I just heard from a friend who was on a silent retreat for five days, and I said, no, thank you. I can't be silent for five days. And then she told me, um, she told me that uh, it wasn't actually five days of silence. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I might be able to do that. It was deep periods of silence with opportunities to be in community and, and process those prayers. But, uh, but she talked about how, how rich it was in her life just to sit and listen. And she's like, for four days, my thought process got in the way, but on the fifth, I 
finally had some space and really sensed what God was trying to tell me in my life right now. Praying through music. How many of you love music? Keep radio on in your car, have your Spotify list, and you're listening to songs. Praying through music, just letting the lyrics speak to you. Christian music, secular music, God can, God can use all of it to speak into our, our lives. All right, so we covered, what, six of a thousand ways to pray today. The invitation the Bible gives us to pray, we're encouraged to do whatever it is that helps us claim every moment in our lives for God, to deepen our relationship with God. So we should probably talk about this, though, as we talk about how should I pray, which is, how do I know if my prayer life is working? Have you ever asked that question? Like, I tried journaling for a few weeks, and Nothing changed. Nothing seemed to change outside or inside of me. Or maybe I tried to pray at night before I went to bed, but I fell asleep. And I don't know if I was doing it right. I sat in silence for a whole five minutes and God didn't say anything. I've been praying the Lord's Prayer every day and every night, but I don't feel anything different. How do I know how do I know if prayer is doing anything? How do I know if I'm doing it right? We've all had these moments. And here's, here's what the Bible suggests. The Lord is near to all who call on him. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Sometimes, sometimes we can't feel it. Sometimes it feels like our prayer isn't being answered. It can feel unanswered. And I think in those moments, God just invites us to be, to be patient, to be present. Let me, let me give you two questions today, though, to take with you. Two, two questions that we can, I think, use to assess our prayer life. Because God doesn't need us to do it right. God needs us to be present to God. So here are two questions we can use to assess whether prayer is having an, an impact for us in our lives. Question number one, as you are praying, are you more aware of the presence of God in this moment? Are you more aware of the presence of God in this moment? And question two, are you attentive to and living toward God's will in your life? Even if you can't sense anything happening inside you, even if you can't sense God's presence, if you are more aware of the presence of God, if you are more attentive to God's will, then, then keep going. Keep praying. And if in your prayer life it just feels empty and you're not more aware of God's presence and and it, you don't think you're following God's will, or you, you know you're moving away from God's will, then, then shake up your prayer life a little bit. Alter the antenna and try some other ways. Try some other ways to pray. Because if prayer is, is developing a relationship with God, then the, then the answer to the question of how we should pray, again, is just to engage regularly in anything that deepens that relationship. To let prayer make you aware of 
of God in every aspect of your life. Julian of Norwich was a, a Benedictine nun who lived in the, in the late 1300s, a, relevant for us today in a time when everybody fear, feared the Black Plague. We don't know a whole lot about her, but we know she was, uh, we know she was an English mystic who's, who's considered one of the, the first great female writers in English, in the, in the English language. She became ill at the age of, of 30, and as she struggled through that illness, she, she had these visions of, of God, visions she believed came from God. And she wrote about those experiences of prayer, saying, saying that she heard these words from God, I am the foundation of your praying. She struggled and struggled to know God's presence, and finally she sensed these words from God that said, I and the very foundation of your praying. She would go on to write that, that experiencing the goodness of God, meaning experience the very good presence of God in your life, it, that was the highest form of prayer. Acknowledging God's goodness, the highest form of prayer. So today, with the, the help of Julian, I want to I just want to introduce a little tool, and there's a danger in this, right? Every time, every time you talk about a way to pray, somebody's like, well, I'll do that, and then if that doesn't work, like, we keep introducing ways to pray, and, uh, and some people think that they're, they're right and wrong ways. This is just one more tool you can put in your prayer toolbox. To do this, though, I know this is kind of not what we usually do. I need you to stand up. <laughs> we invite you to stand up. All right, this is a, a little tool that can adjust your rabbit ears, like literally adjust your rabbit ears. So some of you are going to like this, and some of you are going to go, this feels weird. But just hang with me for a moment. See what, see what God can do in this. We're going to use our bodies, inspired by Julian of Norwich, to, to learn a way to pray. So let me invite you, if you need a way to kind of readjust that antenna into God's presence, to, to try to try this. First, I'm going to invite you to, to just put your hands at your, at your waist, right down at your waist, cupped as though you're going to receive a gift. And the first word of this prayer, it's four words, hand motions for each one. The first word is await. Await God's presence. We're not good at waiting, right? When I put that order in at the drive-thru, I expect it's going to be ready when I get to the window, God invites us to wait patiently on him. Await in your life of prayer. Await God's presence, however it may come to you. And next, I want to invite you to take your hands and put them up. Allow. Allow God's presence to flood into your life. Right, when we put our hands up, we are open. We are, we are ready to, to fully receive. We're ready to, to dance and play and, and pump our hands into the air. I know we don't do that much in the Methodist church, but if you ever feel it, do it. Right? Allow God to fill you up. Fill you up with God's goodness and God's love. 
And now, I want you to take your hands and just put them, cup them over your own heart. Accept. Accept whatever gift does or does not come. Accept that you don't know everything, that you're not in charge, but that through it all, God holds your heart. Finally, put your hands out in front of you and attend. As God speaks to you, attend to what God is saying. Attend to God's will. Be ready to, to, to present whatever is God saying into the world through, through your life, through your words, through, through your prayers. Attend to what God is calling you to do as we get out there and spread the, the goodwill of God's kingdom as we live into God's will. Four words. Right, let's do them one more time together. Accept or await. Await. Allow. Accept. Attend. One more time. Await. Allow. Accept. Attend. can be seated. As we step into prayer this week, I want to invite you just to, just to take a step in your prayer life, whatever that might look for you. Later on today, it, it may be this evening, um, you're going to get a, an email if you're on our email list. If you are not on our email list, uh, if you want to stop by the connection point and, and, uh, and give your email address, we can make sure you get added to it. But if you're on, on the weekly pastor's uh, email list, you're going to get a, an email that will have each of these images that you can download to your phone and then put on your phone as, as wallpaper. I don't know about you, but uh, when my phone comes up, it, uh, it comes up with wallpaper in the background. Now, you can also have wallpaper on your apps page, but that doesn't do me any good because I have too many apps, um, so I can't see it. But so anytime I open my phone and I just, uh, I just pop it on, uh, it tells me now, await, allow, accept, attend. So anytime I pull out my phone, I'm remembered, hey, wait a minute, God wants to be part of this moment in your life. Why don't you pause and pray? So I want to invite you this week to, uh, to download that picture. You'll, there'll be instructions in there. That's actually what's holding up the email. I realized I didn't know enough about how to do that on a Google phone, so my daughter is helping me. Uh, and you will get instructions um, about how to, how to put that wallpaper onto your phone. And each time, I just want to invite us as we look at our phones this week to just pause and say, hey, God wants to be part of this moment in our lives. Sometimes things get fuzzy, don't they? Right and wrong can blur together. The world can just seem fuzzy to us. It's hard to, hard to see what God's doing or, or where God is. Sometimes, sometimes we lose God's signal. It happens to all of us. Sometimes we, just, we, we have moments where we're not feeling God's presence. We're not sure what God is up to. But here's the good news. The signal is always there. God's signal is always there. It isn't that God is absent. It's that we may have to, to alter some things in our life to get in tune 
with God again. So this is my prayer. May you, may you be in tune with God in your life of faith and prayer. May you find the rich grace of God in your, in your work and your play and your families, worshiping God in every part of your life. May you know every time you lift your hands that God is present. Every time you, you cup your hands in front of you that, that you may not sense God's presence, but God is inviting us to wait patiently on Him. That every time you put your hands over your heart, may you know that God is holding on to you. May you know every time you put your hands out that God is ready to transform your life and the world through through you living in to God's will. Amen.